0: Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 23 of How Do You Write. And today, our interview is with Jay Thorne, who you may have heard on other podcasts. He is a horror writer and he is so awesome we just really hit it off uh while we were talking we've been in communication online for a while but um we'd never sat down face to face and basically uh we're soul sister and brother he is the metal and i am the pedal perhaps um but i just really loved talking to him that was such a treat so you'll enjoy the interview he's Fascinating, and he's working his butt off, and you know me, I like people who work their butts off. So um, he also really made me realize how much I love publishing and the people who are in it. I really think that the people who are in publishing are some of the nicest, most generous, most interesting, most awesome people that are anywhere. Um, I've always been in and near the romance community in which I find that to be incredibly true. And I'm just so pleased it's true kind of across the board. So, um, let's just, let's say that I I like that a lot. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit slow today as I record this, uh, it's the day before the election. So let us hope that by the time you hear this, the entire country is not on fire. Um, That would be horrible. So, but I think, I think everybody's really, really stressed out about this one. No matter whose side you're on and listeners, you should know I am not on Trump's side. So if that offends you, see ya. Um, now that they're gone, we can talk even more honestly than we already were. Yeah. I can't wait for the election to be over. I can't wait for, uh, President Clinton to be in place and, um, I don't know if that had something to do with it, or I don't know if I ate too much sugar, but I got a nightmare of a migraine over the weekend. Um, the nice thing was is that now that I just write, and I'm not having to go to the nine one one day job and work for fifty six hours, um, when I get a migraine, I just go to bed. I don't have kids. I just super medicate myself until basically I'm seeing tracers as I look around the room. Which is mostly migraine. But uh, so I stayed in bed for about a day and a half, and I um, luckily it was the kind of migraine where I could have screen time. So I watched some stupid movies and um, just lay low, which was kind of really nice. I did manage to write um, about 18,000 words last week. So I am still powering through this book of mine. Um, and I hope that I continue to do so. It's been just kind of a lovely experience. I'm going so fast. I'm aiming for about 4,500 to 5,000 words a day um, that I can keep a handle on what's going on. So I'm not constantly forgetting what has happened in the book because I just wrote it, you know, last week. And um, there's been some really, really nice, pleasant surprises happening Um, things that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't writing so fast. And by that, I mean I run out of gas. I'm ready to quit and I push myself further and I get these little Easter eggs that are popping up. I just found a, um, a hot spring in this book and it really kind of felt like as my character discovered the hot spring behind her brand new house, it felt like I was discovering it. It felt like, um, the secret garden when she opens that gate and finds the garden. And, uh, it's, it's just so fun. Um, but I actually do realize that I'm babbling. So I did sign up for NaNoWriMo, um, doing it kind of as a rebel because I did start my book a week before NaNo, and I will finish the book a week before NaNo ends. Um, But you know, unofficially, I'm still NaNoing. And I do love, love, love NaNoWriMo. You may have heard me mention that on the show before. And um, that's about it. I would love you to listen now to Jay Thorne and (laughs) to us just having way too much fun just hanging out and talking to each other. So I hope that your writing week is going smoothly. I hope that the election has not upset your brain too much, has not pushed you into a migraine. I hope that you're getting your work done, getting your words on the page and um, producing some mighty fine crap because crap is what we revise later. So enjoy the interview with Jay Thorne. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Okay, well, I'm so pleased today to welcome Jay Thorne to the show. How do you write? Hello, Jay. How are you?
1: Doing great, Rachel. How are you?
0: Good, good. Let me give you an introduction to people who might not know you yet. Uh, Jay Thorne has published over one million words and has sold more than 170,000 books worldwide. He's an official active member of the Horror Writers Association and a member of the Great Lakes Association of Horror Writers Jay is a contributor to Disinformation.com and a staff writer for HeavyPlanet.net, as well as a founding board member of the Author Marketing Institute. He earned a BA in American History from University of Pittsburgh and an MA from Duquesne University. Is that how you say it? That's correct. Okay. It looks like Disquenny. Disquestny. (laughs) but (laughs) Duquesne (laughs) Duquesne University. He spent the last 20 years researching mysticism and the occult in colonial American history. Welcome, Jay. Hey, Hey. thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard you on podcasts. You've heard me on podcasts, But this is the first time we've been chatting. So
1: we've had we've exchanged emails over the years, too. And this is I don't know. This is this is good.
0: We were in Simon's writing group. I think both of us. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, let's dive right into your process because I'm eager to hear about it. You write a lot. What is the best time of day for you to write?
1: Absolutely. First thing in the morning. Like what does first thing mean to
0: you? That- uh,
1: for me, well, I have a day job and I've had a day job since I started writing. So it, what it means is like 4.30, 5, 5 a.m. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard, but once you make it a habit, it gets easier. But the, the real reason behind it is I it's really hard for me to write with any sort of distractions. I can't really get a lot of work done in a coffee shop. So at 4.30... My kids are still sleeping. My wife is sleeping. the The neighborhood is quiet, uh, and I get a good hour, hour and a half of writing in first thing.
0: I did that for so many years, and it's amazing how many words you can get in one hour. And for a while, there all I had was fifty minutes, five zero minutes, and and it just stacked up. the The, the words just stack up. And then and where do you write do you are you in your office right now is that
1: yeah this is like my this is like my attic office it's the third floor of an old home that's about 110 years old oh. and uh, and I, I when we moved in I finished this as sort of a workspace and uh, so it's nice I have a little separation from the family uh, but I'm still within the house and uh, yeah it works out well I enjoy it
0: are there any ghosts up there
1: not that I'm aware of <laughs> I might make some but I don't think there's any up there right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how do you write? Are you longhand computer?
1: Oh, i um, computer. I, I my way. handwriting is awful. I I don't handwrite anything. Not uh, even
0: like notes when you're
1: Um I'll do ideas. yes. Sometimes yeah. yes. I have a little notepad I keep in my pocket and um although I found some great voice apps now where I can just sort of dictate ideas into my phone. What apps um, are you using? There's one called smart voice recorder really? and, uh, it's like a simple, I have a, I have a Samsung, so it's a simple, like single tap and it just records. So I don't have to fumble around with a lot of stuff. That um,
0: Actually, that's a great tip because I use an Android and, um, and I need something simple like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it it's definitely, it's nice and simple and, uh. And sometimes I'll even use like a, a Google Doc, and it'll um, and try and use the voice recognition. But then I have to spend time trying to figure out what I was saying. So <laughs> exactly. just capture it in audio. That that works out pretty well.
0: Have you experimented with dictation on with Dragon or anything while you're writing?
1: I've tried, and like Joanna and uh, and Zach both who keep telling me how, you know, and they, they're making me envious. They tell me how many words they dictate, and I've mm-hmm. tried like four or five times, and. I, I can do it, but then I end up spending so much time right after I dictate cleaning it up that it's almost like a wash.
0: Me too. And I actually committed to it for an entire book. Um wow. and and honestly it was good. It did feel like I was going faster, but but the cleanup was so excruciating to me that I <laughs> it I just haven't gone back to it. But at least I know I can do it if I ever, you know, sprain a wrist or whatever. What what program do you use when you write?
1: Uh, when I'm first drafting, it's all Scrivener. Mm-hmm. And uh, although um, it depends – if I'm collaborating, like um, Glenn James and I use Google Docs. Um, oh, yeah. So that's good for collaboration. And then once uh, once the first draft leaves Scrivener, my editor um, takes Word documents. So then then it moves into Word, and that's kind of where it stays until it's done.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. How do you refl- refill your creative well when you're running drafts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I – I like to consider myself more of an artist than than just an author, and so um, you can see I got oh, my yeah. my guitar back there yeah. and stuff. So I'm a big into music, always have been. So playing music, writing music that um, strangely enough, that's still an output of creativity, but it sort of refills the author side interesting uh, yeah um also like podcasting like still creating stuff but sort of in a different medium in a different way that helps refill it
0: can you tell us about your podcast because i just learned about it and i'm definitely going to subscribe
1: yeah thanks it's called the intronaut a podcast for introverts <laughs> and it's not just for introverts so um it's really sort of a an npr style memoir kind of thing it's nice. really about my experience as an introvert and how I've learned to cope over the years and some of the stories I have. So it's um it's really about my experience and like I said it's not necessarily just for introverts.
0: Do you pre-write the the shows or are they off the cuff?
1: They are totally off the cuff. Um I come in with a topic and I come in with maybe a few bullet points. Mm-hmm. And then I usually record it in one take. Like I want it to be really authentic nice. and sort of real. And I feel like once I start scripting stuff, um, you yeah. kind of, it sap some of the energy out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. What is the worst writing advice you've ever been given?
1: Uh, you know, I, I was really, I really, um, have never been given bad advice. And the, and the reason I say that, uh, <laughs> let me qualify cause I can see the look on your face. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is every, I firmly believe that we're we are just this constant evolution of experience, and then every, wherever we are, it took whatever we had to go through to get to it. So like even that. if it's quote unquote bad advice, I feel like it's something you can learn from and something that you use moving forward. So, um, I, I'm and that being said, like I never got like really really terrible advice. I may have gotten some advice, you know, that wasn't altruistic or like was self-serving from someone else. But it, like in the end, it never it was never something that I regretted, and it it kind of helped to make me who I am today
0: <laughs> you you did say when we were chatting off air that we are we are a lot alike, and I really have to agree with you that is one of my main beliefs in life is that ever all all the good and the bad get us to this place, and we're we've survived until right now, where we are, and that's just awesome absolutely so, cool. um what secret writing tip of awesomeness have you discovered the hard way?
1: ah. Uh... Well, I, I'm not afraid to admit. and I've admitted this before. Uh, I launched, I launched a few books early on without an editor. Oh and, God! <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. I, I, I can laugh about it now, but it was, um, it was not funny at the time. I have this long story where, back in 2012, in the Kindle Gold Rush, I had a, I had a book that kind of got caught up in the in the free algorithm and was like downloaded like. Thirty-five or forty thousand times. Nice. And this was a, this was a book I didn't have edited, and I got I got skewered about it over it. So, what
0: did you do? Did you just pull it entirely?
1: No, I um I just fast tracked an editor, and I got an edited version up as quickly as I could. But nice. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, and. Uh, so I learned the hard way that no matter how good of a writer you think you are, you still need an editor.
0: Absolutely, 100%. But I will say the thing that I say in classes. I don't normally say it on the air. But I do believe that if a person is at the place in their life where they have written a book, they don't know if it's any good and they honestly can't tell, I don't think there's anything to be lost from putting it up under a pen name mm. and seeing what happens. Yes. Because if you, you can always pull it under a pen name. Right. You've, you've learned because a lot of people do think it's, you know, this is the best thing and I don't need an editor. Well, try it. See what the reviews say. <laughs> but just do not ever, for listeners, don't ever put out a paperback version. Once you put out a paperback version, you can't pull it. It will always be up on the markets because they can't guarantee that it's not going to show up at eight books or some online vendor later on. So,
1: so. that is a great tip. Yeah. Um and I've I've learned that the hard way oh, as well. God. Like you know, yeah, our yeah. Amazon pages are littered with things that I would rather not be there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> our lives are, right? Our lives are littered yeah. with those things. <laughs> um can you give us a quick craft tip of some sort?
1: Yeah, this is um I, I'm a big fan of the Story Grid, Sean Coyne Story Grid. Uh him and Tim Gral do a podcast. It's called the Story Grid. And I love – like I started out as a pantser and now I'm more towards the middle and uh, the story grid has been fantastic. And one of the things that sort of came out of that is because I write first thing in the morning, the last thing I do before I go to bed is I put a few bullet points into uh, the document for the scene I'm going to write the next morning. And I just let my brain sort of like chew on that overnight and then when I come in in the morning, it never fails. Like there's always something there.
0: Oh, that's so, so great. That's, yeah, that's when it, you thank yourself. You know
1: yeah and it it doesn't like it doesn't even matter if you don't write in the morning. It's just like you where there has to be some space between mm-hmm. like when you bullet point the scene and then when you write it, and if you can do that even if it's during the day your your mind will will be working on it even though you're not thinking about it.
0: Do you ever forget what you bullet pointed bullet pointed bullet pointed <laughs> because uh, recently i went I went back to my journal because I was like, I don't know what to write mm-hmm. next, and I'm sure that I am. I'm so dumb I didn't even think about it and I looked in my notes and there was the next plot point which was brilliant but I don't think I could have come up with it a second time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess Um, I guess if I put a bullet point in there and it was like a week or so would go by, it, it might not make sense but for me because it's the next morning it's still kind of fresh.
0: Yeah. My, you have a stronger brain than I do. <laughs> 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 On really bad days if you couldn't do your day job and if you couldn't write at all, what would be the profession you would choose?
1: Uh, I think I would be a toll booth attendant. Oh,
0: I've always wanted to be one of those. No,
1: no way, for real?
0: For real? I almost <laughs> wrote a book about it. My one of my best friends' mother's was it was a toll booth attendant on the Bay Bridge, <laughs> and I went to interview her. I just think it has to be the best job.
1: Yeah, I mean, see, we're 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 just <laughs> we're know, so in we're alignment here, because like, <laughs> I'm thinking like with the like you know with the writer's brain it never shuts off, never shut ever off. ever ever there is no day off. It's just constantly going. And then
0: what do you want to do though? You want to people
1: watch. Yes. You want to meet like you want to talk to people, you want to watch their mannerisms like but and for me I just want them in short doses. Yes. Like
0: uh, the introverted just like hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. Yes. <laughs> You're an yeah. asshole, goodbye. You're yeah. an amazing person, goodbye.
1: And then and then you clock out and like your job's done. And like <laughs> I don't know, maybe I don't know maybe toll booth attendants go home and they're thinking about the tolls that they did that I don't know maybe they are but I, I, I doubt not. it.
0: Oh, and you know what? And they're always they always seem so unhappy, and I've never understood that.
1: Well, some of them like I've pulled up to some like on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which I have to drive to to visit family in Pittsburgh. There's a set of toll booths, and it's like a party. Like they have music that's blaring out, and you pull up, and they're like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> that's pretty awesome.
0: That's the. Best. Okay, I'm going to steal that from my answer. If anybody ever asks me that, I'm going to be a told with attendant. <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> okay, and this is a new question for my podcast. So I'm stealing it directly from the Rocking the Self Publishing Podcast with Simon. But if you were starting over as a new writer today, what advice would you give yourself?
1: I would tell myself that uh, to know the genre conventions inside and out, and that was something I did not do. I was an artiste, and I'm going to write my own damn story. And it's going to be unique and I'm going to be a special, unique, um, you know, snowflake. And the problem with that is uh, readers don't know what to make of it. And if you can't identify the genre, like if someone asks you and you're like, well, it's sort of a this mixed with a this mixed with a this, like a reader has no hope of figuring out what that is. And, yeah. and that's OK. Like if, if you're if you're writing as a hobby or a creative outlet or a passion, that's fine. But if you'd like want to market it, it's really hard.
0: Yeah. And your readers have to know they just they just know in their heart what to expect they they couldn't verbalize it either but they know if you don't hit it
1: and even if you even if you want to break the conventions that's fine but you have to know what they are first and you have to know sort of which ones you can break and which ones you can't
0: and the nice thing is, is there's so much information about that right now if listeners you are panicking and you don't know the genre convention think about what you're writing and google that plus genre conventions and you'll 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 find out the list will be there um and if,
1: Reading in that genre, you probably already know.
0: Exactly, you already know. You just never actually articulated it. Exactly. Okay, Jane, what would you like to plug right now? What would you like to tell us about?
1: Yeah, I have. I always have a. I have ADD, so I always have like. Me a too. <laughs>
0: Diagnosed as a child, re-diagnosed like three years ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> emphasis on the H, on the hyperactivity, ADD. Hyperactivity,
1: yeah. Yes. I'm always chasing stuff. Like, yeah. ooh, that looks cool. Oh, that looks cool. <laughs> uh, so because of that, uh, I my, my main website is jthorn.net, and uh, and then the intronaut podcast is theintronaut.com. So. Can you
0: spell intronaut? Is it i n t e r n a w t?
1: It is t h e i n t r o n a u t Oh, Okay, perfect. Yeah, intronaut
0: got it got it okay jay thanks so much what a treat it has been to talk to you
1: it's been a pl- it's been a real pleasure thanks rachel
0: okay enjoy your writing. thanks so much for joining me on this episode of how do you write